It's Bogdanovich corner, wide open, up. Bogdanovich to the top, driving on Lopez, right to the rim, packed it! Oh, Bogey, don't do me like that! Right on top of Lopez with a left hand! Here we go, who's going to take this shot to try to tie or win? Outside to Bogey, he's crowded. Welcome back to Home Court Press. We are coming to you on a Tuesday morning. It is May 19th and uh, joined today by McCade Pearson. McCade, how you doing, man? Uh, We're doing good. Another day, not with basketball, but closer to basketball. It feels like we're getting closer every single day, but the uh, Jazz fans got some bad news yesterday afternoon, so it was reported by the Jazz that starting... I don't know if you want to call him small forward, power forward, starting forward, front court player. Uh, Bogey, Bojan Bogdanovic, goes down. Yesterday, the Jazz announced that he's going to have uh, surgery on his wrist. Believe that surgery should be happening this morning. So uh, it sounds like in late November, I I tried to look at this and figure out exactly what game it was because I remember him hurting his wrist. I know it was at a home game. Uh, I, I want to say it was like the middle toward maybe the end of November, but... He you know, took a hit, went down. I think he was going to the basket and got fouled and, and went down, landed on that wrist, and he's had troubles with it since, apparently. So it's a ruptured, I'm, I'm going to try this medical term here, a ruptured scapholinate ligament in his right wrist. So whatever that means, if you've ever tried to shoot a basketball with a sore wrist, it doesn't work very well. So it's a big loss for the Jazz, coming, hopefully with the season coming back. But McCade, what does this kind of spell for you as you look at it? You're losing your second leading score, which is an interesting player to lose in the Jazz offense because he's not Rudy. He's not the, I don't say non-score, Rudy's still averaging 16 points a game. He's not the scorer who's doing all the heavy lifting, but he's not some random offensive piece. He's probably the biggest glue guy to the Jazz's offense. Um, you could say Joe, but Joe's coming off the bench, or at least was. So he's the guy who kind of keeps everything together. We, talk about, we talked in our last podcast about how dependent he was on Rudy. He played 95% of his minutes with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, I mean, I still think Rudy was the leader in that two-person lineup, but that's still Rudy having Boyan on the court as well. And so that would be an interesting adjustment for Rudy to not have Boyan. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, an interesting situation to watch because, like you said, we, we brought that up in our last podcast when we were talking about uh, different jazz lineups. And I, I think you and I agreed that a big part of the reason why he played so many minutes with Rudy on the floor was because of his limitations defensively. So even even with what you lose offensively with Bogey, you mentioned uh, over 20 points per game, averaging 20.2 this season. Um, you know, Also, just a, a, a big weapon in terms of floor spacing. He's a guy that has a lot of gravity on the court. But I, I do wonder if the, the Jazz defensively are going to be able to make up some of the loss of, of Bojan just because he, he does suffer some mental lapses from time to time. He's not the most athletic guy on the floor. And frankly, the position that he plays in terms of a small forward, power forward, he's frequently 
in a, a mismatch defensively in terms of athleticism. So, I mean, is that something you you think the Jazz can actually gain from losing Bojan Bogdanovic? Um, you know, we talked about it the other day that it's not necessarily about scoring points or not letting your opponent score points. It's a mix. You just got to score more than your opponent. I don't think this will be a positive thing, obviously. Like, this is Bojan's at 20 points per game. But we are going to gain some things and we are going to lose some things. And the defense could become three, four, five points better, although the offense might fall four, five, six points. Um, I do trust Joe Ingles more in the playoffs to defend. We'll just throw out there any Shea or Dennis or Chris Paul than I do Boyan. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're looking at the Thunder there, the Jazz current first-round matchup if the playoffs started today. We'll assume the Thunder until further notice. Agreed. Um, So that will be fine. But as we've said all season, we will be fine. What does fine actually mean? And uh, I think that's the question we all are asking. I think that's the question the Jazz are asking. And I think that's one that we can discuss, but we'll have to wait and actually find out when, if, hopefully, games are played. Yeah, I I mean, so let's take a quick look just strictly at the the numbers, what the Jazz are going to be replacing. We mentioned the 20 points per game getting just over two assists per game and four rebounds, so not contributing a ton there, but still active and a guy that the Jazz do depend on. Uh, he's first on the team in terms of threes. He's, he's hit 189 threes this season and attempted, again, first on the team with 457 attempts. In terms of the Jazz offense, that's huge because they, they do focus so much on getting those three-point looks, whether it be in transition or in the half-court offense, Quinn Snyder really wants to have 35 to 40% of the, the team's shots as threes. Um, also, free throw percentage. You know, We, we look at, at Bojan, he, he was four and a half uh, free throws per game and shooting over 90%, just something you don't often see in the league. And not getting a ton of free throw attempts, but at, at four and a half and shooting 90%, that ends up bring, being pretty significant as the season goes along. And then he's also averaging... Just under 15 shots per game, uh, 45% shooting from the field, and his effective field goal percentage uh, is 54.8%. And then you mentioned as well the, the minutes. It's 33 minutes per game that the Jazz are filling. And honestly, I think in the grand scheme of things, those 33 minutes are the the biggest deal in terms of the hard numbers for what the Jazz need to replace. They've got a lot of guys on the roster that can pick up the other numbers that they're losing. But 33 minutes on the floor is an awful lot to replace when you're, you're talking about a guy in the first year of his free agency deal making $73 million over four years. Yeah, we talked about you need 240 minutes to win a game, and that's a little over 12% of your total team minutes that you've got to figure out now. Obviously, Joe will go from 29 to 33. Royce will go from 29 to 33. Conley will go from 29 to 33. Donovan probably picks up too. But you're still going to be left with 15-ish minutes, maybe as high as 20, where you've got to – figure out something now um the jazz have multiple different routes they could go some are matchup dependent do you want to talk about a few of those different routes yeah definitely because with those 240 minutes it's it's something that i know you have looked at a lot and so how do how do the jazz use this as an opportunity to to grow (laughs) as a team you know i think this lowers their ceiling for this season so you you've talked about i think the jazz have six rookies on the on the roster this year so yes. do some of those minutes go to a couple of those rookies just to get them some seasoning, some experience, and see what they have going into next season? Um, so, yeah, I think Jawan Morgan could really pick up 10 minutes a night here. 
because um, I said our guards, our smaller guards, are going to pick up two to three, four each. Royce will probably play a little bit more four, but you're still going to be left with about 15 minutes of backup power forward is what we're mostly talking about here. So Juwan Morgan is a great option. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say great option. When your 20-point-per-game score goes down, there are no great options. But John Morgan is a good option to see how he's progressing. He's played against Houston a good amount this year and has been pretty decent. You could go the Gerald Brantley route. It'll be interesting to see what the NBA does there. Um, two-way players aren't allowed to play in the playoffs, but that could change because of the whole coronavirus situation and slash or they could just cut a player and upgrade him to the current roster, current 15-man roster which they're going to have to do if they want him on the team next year anyway. So that wouldn't be a big deal if they went that route. You could go ultra huge and play at Davis a little bit at power forward. You say, we're just going to crash the, crash the glass like it's 1995 again, or even maybe Tony Bradley a little bit with Rudy Gobert. You could go out and try and find a power forward on the open market as a free agent. Um, they'd still be playoff eligible. I mean, what are you going to do so, there? Are you going to go and sign like a Joe Kim Noah? I, I, I mean... That's the thing is there's just not a lot of power forwards. I mean, unless you're calling up Joe Johnson and saying, hey, come play some four for us or something. like, Or unless you want to call up Jeff Reed and see if that's awkward. I mean, Jazz um, fans would love to see Trevor Booker get a call in that scenario. Trevor Booker? Because um, you do need four, and Juwan Morgan's probably your best option, but if you're looking for somebody with a little more experience, there's always guys. There's always guys who are sitting at home who just kind of – eked out of the league last three, four years that we don't notice. So th- there's many different options. I would assume the Jazz would just go either Joan Morgan a few minutes or cut whoever, Tucker, Morgan, any of those back-end rookies, Nigel Williams-Goff, upgrade um, Gerald Brantley to the active roster and play him. So my so. thoughts on this are, I think that this this Bogdanovich injury sets a very definite ceiling for the Jazz. I don't see them getting past the second round of the playoffs at this point based on on what they're going to be putting on the floor for 48 minutes a night. So when I look at it honestly in in that way, I say the Jazz are no longer a championship contender. I would rather see them get some experience for those young guys, rather go in the free agency route or trying to acquire a veteran. I'd much rather see these these rookie get some some minutes. You know, you mentioned Jawan Morgan. Jarrell Brantley is a guy who's absolutely been killing it in the G League this season for the Stars, averaging 19 points a game, half a block, one and a half steals, three and a half assists, almost eight rebounds. Like, obviously those numbers aren't going to 100% translate to the NBA game, but he's shown through his athleticism and hard work that he's a guy that could get NBA minutes right now. At least I think he is. So that's what I would love to see the Jazz do. I, I think at this point, yeah, you, you're going to put the best players you can on the floor and, and try and win every game once the playoffs get started. But, I mean, let's be honest as fans, McCade, the, the Jazz are looking at next season at this point. Yeah, so. um, I think, personally, I don't think this changes the Thunder series at all. Um, I still think we have the pieces to beat them. I still think we have the pieces to lose to them. I'd still predict us to win in six. I don't think losing Boyan is a huge loss for that series. But the way we were going to beat the Lakers is just shoot 53s and hope we had four hot games. And that's going to be a lot harder without Boyan. Because Boyan, what we were counting on Boyan to have one or two hot games to beat the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Our ceiling's kind of lower to five or six games in the second round. But... I agree with you. I want to see Gerald Brantley for a few reasons. Um, I don't want to get super cap nerdy here, but the Jazz have a very interesting, complex scenario with 
Gerald Brantley this summer. He's a restricted free agent with non-bird rights, which we could spend a whole podcast talking cap stuff later when everything calms down and we know what's going on next year. Essentially, but, it's the uh, Wes Matthews situation, right? C- correct. Um, yeah, so it's the Wes Matthews situation, exactly. So, I mean, Brantley's not going to get a four-year, $40 million deal. But the Jazz can only offer him 120% of the minimum. And so if another team comes in and offers him 120.01% of the minimum, then the Jazz would have to use one of their exceptions to match their mid-level, a part of their mid-level or part of their biannual. And so to give up a second-round pick in 2021 for Gerald Brantley and then to build him up to a pretty good player after his first year and then let him get stolen from us after year would be pretty darn bad for the Jazz. And so I, I want to see him in some NBA minutes before something like that happens so we can know what to expect. And so, also, as I said, if you play him NBA playoff minutes, that means you have upgraded him to the roster, which means you might have already signed him to a two, three-year deal when you do that. that and that it'd was going to be my... It'd be a two-year deal. It'd be for this year next year. Okay. But that gives you time. So that was going to be my next question. Are the Jazz able to convert his two-way contract to a, a 15-man roster spot and uh, avoid that or give themselves... Uh, a better chance at re-signing him, or does it matter at this point? No, so what the Jazz would probably do is if they converted him to the 15-man rosters, it'd be a two-year deal. It would be minimum the rest of this year, which doesn't matter because it's like two weeks and people are losing million paychecks soon. But then it'd be a, you'd have a minimum on it next year as well, about $1.5 million. So there's incentive for the Jazz to lock down Gerald Brantley now instead of play with fire in the summer because if I'm a team like the Hawks or, Adela, or there's some other teams that have cap space, and they just need to get young players to develop. And I know the Jazz can only offer Brantley $1.8 million. I'm totally going to go offer $1.8 million and a dollar and make the Jazz a little uncomfortable. So I'd like to see Brantley for some cap reasons, some on-the-court reasons, and everything in between. Um, I think he brings a versatility. I love Julius Randle, and I think he's pretty similar to Julius Randle. So I'd love to see him get a chance to make an impact. So that would be my route. There's numerous routes we could go, but overall, I'm not panicked about the boy situation. Is it were you moving forward at all? Oh no, not not moving forward. Not looking at okay. next season at all. Um, I want to I want us to take a, a quick break here for just a minute, and then when we come back, let's just look at you know talk about our opinions and our thoughts, just in terms of what the Jazz lose in terms of the on-court production we've gone over the numbers but what do they what do they lose in terms of chemistry in that on-court production without having Bogdanovich how big of a loss is that and then we'll we'll wrap up the podcast today just by talking about some specifics in terms of how can the Jazz replace his production so we'll we'll take that quick break thanks for tuning in to Home Court Press Thanks for listening to the pod today, everyone. Home Court Press can be found online at kbear.com. Just go to kbear.com forward slash home court press. And you can also find it on any of the major podcatchers. Also, while you're checking out those podcatchers and looking for Home Court Press, if you could give us a five-star rating, that would be appreciated. Those five-star ratings set up an algorithm to get us near the top of the list so more people will see the pod and, and we can spread it around a little bit farther. And last but not least, make sure to follow myself, Brian on Twitter at bpriest24. And you can also find our co-host, McCade Pearson, at McCadep8. That's M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. Welcome back to Home Court Press. Brian Priest joined by McCade Pearson once again. How you doing? I'm doing good. 
So we're talking about Bojan Bogdanovic goes down with a wrist injury yesterday it was announced. So that was Monday, May 18th. He's going to be having surgery on that wrist this morning. And what did the Jazz lose lose from that? Just watching Boyan on the court, this was a guy who last year with Indiana, I was I was scouting this man, and I, I thought he would be perfect for a, a Quinn Snyder coach team, the Quinn Snyder offense. Um, so what do they lose? I, I think Boyan is the best catch-and-shoot guy on this roster. He's a, a terrific floor spacer in terms of transition, the way he's able to just sprint to a corner and, and get good looks. The speed that he can get his shot off with is second to none in the league. Um, and, it, you know, you've already mentioned it a little bit. We're, we're talking about the it's the mo- second most dependable weapon for the Jazz behind Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, we're talking a guy that scored 30-plus points 11 times this year. He's hit three or more three-pointers in a game 34 times out of 63 games. So more than half the time, if Bojan Bogdanovic steps on the floor, he's going to get you at least three threes, which is huge in this league. Obviously, there's some negatives to his game. He's not a great creator offensively. Uh, he has averaged two and a half turnovers a game, especially when you get him with his back to the basket. I feel like he really struggles to see the floor and see movement when he's got his back to the basket. If he's facing up, he's not bad. He's he's honestly better than I thought he would be in terms of putting the ball on the floor and getting to the basket for his own shot. You just don't want to ask him to create for other people. And then we've, we've also talked about it a little bit, McCade, He's not the best defensive player um, in, in terms of I think the, the effort is there a majority of the time, but there's some mental lapses that you see occasionally. He just misses a rotation or he loses a, his guy. So you know those are some of the things that the Jazz are going to lose with that. But my question to you, McCade, is as I look at this, and, and we've kind of covered it a little bit, but is Bojan Bogdanovic, is his loss irreplaceable? Or is this something where the Jazz might be able to benefit with in terms of team chemistry because I look at it he's taken 15 shots a game if you redistribute those 15 I I think you can make a lot of guys really happy you know if Donovan gets a couple more looks a game Rudy gets two or three more touches per game Mike Conley gets a couple more shot attempts um they're going to need Royce O'Neal to take one or two more shots a game but Joe can get more shots like chemistry wise can the Jazz benefit from this there are big holes to fill the Jazz have players who are big enough to fill them. The question is, are the holes and the pegs the same shape? And I think they are for the most part. Uh, Niang should get a few more minutes, and he has the mentality of Boyan to just jack up 7.33s for 33 minutes. So that's a good thing. Joe is also a great three-point shooter. I wish he would jack up as many as Boyan does. <laughs> Um, Joe needs to kind of flip that switch in his brain at this point of the year. It's I'm just going to shoot 10 threes a game and not care. And uh, Joe shot has improved vastly as a member of the jazz at how quick it is. He gets it off so much faster than his rookie year. Go look that up. If you want to see something kind of cool and crazy about the jazz developmental team. Um, so the three point shooting, I think, as I said, I don't want to say can be replaced, but can be filled in a little bit. And I've been saying this since the fall and I think we're right back to square one here is who the Jazz really need to fill a little bit of Bojan's role is Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is an elite, elite, elite three-point shooter off on catch and shoot. And if Donovan Mitchell could go a little off ball and run around the court a little bit more and let Cal- that would enhance Conley to be a point guard again, I think you might even be able to keep your offense where it's at, if not a tiny bit better in the short term. But we'll never last for 50 games without Boyan. But if we're just looking to get through the next five to ten games and stay alive in the playoffs, 
and consider the season a quote-unquote success. Like Donovan going off ball and shooting a lot of catch and shoot threes is a great option. That gives Conley the ball in his hands a little bit more. As you mentioned, Rudy gets a few more shots. Like the holes are fillable. Key point that you made there is in the short term. If we were talking 82 games, you're not going to replace Bojan. But if you're talking, you know, five games to finish the regular season and then a playoff series or two, you you can make up for him in the aggregate. Like if anybody's a fan of the movie Moneyball, that's all you're looking at here in terms of trying to replace that production. Is you just want to get through it in the aggregate. You want to add up to those 15 shots. Uh, I disagree with you in terms of. Donovan Mitchell playing more off-ball. I I think he is a terrific catch-and-shoot guy, but I think for the Jazz to be successful, and this is something I've talked about a lot for them to reach their peak, and it may not be this season, but Donovan's got to play the point, and I think Conley is the guy who needs to be more comfortable playing off-ball. I think that's been his biggest struggle this season is being, getting used to an offense where he's not the primary ball handler. And in terms of shooting, I, I think you you can replace a lot of what Bogdanovich brings if if Conley just plays more comfortable off the ball, shoots the ball a little bit better, you know, improves that three point percentage, just two or three percentage points, and and the Jazz will be just fine to finish this season. Like I said, it it definitely impacts their ceiling and their trajectory in terms of what they could have done this year. But long-term, this doesn't sound like an injury that no. is going to impact him coming back next season. No, and so it sounds like we kind of agree, though, that the big problem the Jazz got to solve is the Conley-Mitchell dynamic of on-ball, off-ball, better shots for both of them. Um, I do want to bring up one more point before we wrap up. Okay. So we talked about lineups last time. Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Royce, Boyan, Gobert. And the no-Boyan lineup out of our six starters, which are going to be the starting five moving forward, I would assume, is a plus 36 in 28 possessions. So we have not seen the Conley Mitchell Ingles Royce Gobert lineup at all this year. Um, 14 minutes total, which is just crazy low. There's going to be an aspect of this where you've had this two, three month gap to really break down and prepare and study your potential opponent. Um, I remember which coach came out and said like two months ago, he's like, yeah, we're assuming the NBA is coming back in three months and we're playing this team. So we're just going to start scouting them now. And I'm assuming all the teams have done that. If you're the Thunder right now, there is nothing to go and look at on the Jazz. The Jazz are going into this with a completely clean slate. And that opens up a world of possibilities with the Thunder not being able to scout the Jazz relatively at all right now they can watch that 14 minutes over and over and over and probably aren't going to learn too much about what the jazz could potentially do without See, by the same token you could argue that quinn snyder and the the jazz assistant coaches that have been sitting down and studying and planning for the thunder are kind of thrown a weapon they're thrown in the same wrench because yeah they they lose their second best offensive weapon but my my only contention there would be if i'm going to argue both sides of this one is that I feel like the uh, coaching staff in the front office has had an idea this might be something that would happen. So it wouldn't surprise me if they've been planning around Bojan Bogdanovic not returning this season. And the chalk is in Quinn's hands to write on the blackboard, not the Thunder. So hopefully with him having control, he can come up with some unique things to help the Jazz get through this, at least for five to ten games, maybe further. But uh, as we mentioned, we're not too hopeful getting past the second round at this point. But this will be a good opportunity for Quinn to show off why he's one of the top five coaches in the NBA. Because I don't expect this to hurt the Jazz in 
a five-game sample. They'll be able to piece it together. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Well, McCade, I've, I've introduced you as a fire starter a couple times. Do you, do you have anything you want to start a fire with to end the pod today? I think my quote-unquote fire starter today, which is a very small fire, is I think it's time to cut Nigel Williams-Goss and upgrade Gerald Brantley to the active roster. Because uh, the Williams-Goss situation has flopped on its face, and I really do think Brantley, he's not going to be a star, or maybe not even a starter, but Brantley really could be a good 15-20 minute night a guy for the next 10 years in the league. There's no fire there. I think most of the Jazz fan base would agree with you, at least if they've looked at any Stars highlights this year. Uh, we got offered a second-round pick for Nigel Williams-Goss last May and said no. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. So that's life. It's all good. But um, I'm not on the Gerald Brantley bandwagon like everybody else is, but uh, I'm definitely standing right next to it, keeping an eye on it. And I think it's time to at least touch it. I like that. I think that's a good way to end the pod today. Thanks for tuning in to Home Court Press. You can find us on uh, Facebook. Just search for the other pod's name, Name Change Pending. I put all of Home Court Press's podcasts up there. You can also find us on kbear.com and any of the major podcatchers. And if you've got a couple minutes, I would, I would love for you to jump on and, and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear, because that always helps the podcast out. McCade, where can they find you on Twitter? Um, at McCade C, or at McCade P8. I can't even spell my own name, but it is spelled <laughs> M-C-C-A-D-E-P-8. Um, find me on Twitter there. I'm on there more than I should be, more than a couple minutes a day. <laughs> Always starting fires out there. And then you Always. can find me on Twitter as well, at bpriest 24 That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod.